Amen. Amen. Thank, Thank you, everybody. Good morning, everybody. He is the everlasting God. I couldn't not choose that song this morning because I'm speaking about the everlasting God. Come on, it's going to be great this morning. We've got a good message for you because, you know, today I feel like it's going to be a real encouragement for us. Um, we're going to jump straight in to Isaiah chapter 40, verses 28. So if you've got your Bibles, join me in Isaiah chapter 40. It is going to come on the, the screen as well if you don't have a Bible with you today. It says this, Do you not know? Have you not heard that the Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth? He will not grow tired or weary, and his understanding no one can fathom. This morning, I really want to come and speak to us about this idea and this aspect of God that He is everlasting and what that means, and maybe try and unpack it a little bit, but really what that means then for me and you today. Because what we're going to do first is we're going to have a little look at this contrast, because you know there is a contrast here, because our world changes all the time. Everything in our lives changes all the time. We as humans change. We grow up physically and mentally and spiritually. And you know, they, it's, it's a popular opinion right now that every five years or so, a person's personalities change. And you're, you're, the things you like change, and you might get a different allergy to something else. And our bodies go through this change all the way through our lives, you know. And even Jesus in the New Testament, Luke 2:52, talks about when Jesus was a man, he changed, and it says he grew in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and man. There's everything around us changes and our, and our bodies start to change and they, they start to not, not help us anymore sometimes, don't they? To the point where they, they actually just fail us altogether because our bodies are not eternal bodies. It's true, isn't it? I didn't really want to say that this morning, but I thought I had to. It's true. You know, um, the culture changes. Fads change, and countries and world powers, they rise and they fall. You know, in the New Testament, the Roman Empire was so well established, so just so powerful all over the world, no one would ever have thought that it one day would fall, and yet here we are, years and years later, with different countries and different powers rising and falling, different people warring. And you know, everything about my life and your life changes. And it always has a beginning and an end. Everything that we will ever experience about our life. And then we come to God. And in direct contrast with absolutely everything we will ever experience in our life, He is everlasting. And He has no beginning and no end. And this morning, all we're going to do is just have a little think about what that means for me and you then, living our lives. 
Do you know, I was once in, a, in an RE lesson, a religious educace, education lesson in, in a school in Wakefield. It, well, that was my job at the time. We went in and did Christmas lessons. And uh, what I really enjoyed about those lessons was just letting them open up into whatever topic happened to be they wanted to talk about. Because I, would, I was there to, yeah, teach the, teach the Bible story about the nativity, teach them about Jesus. But really, what I wanted to do was answer any questions that they they had about God. You know, I'd much rather do that than, than try and push my agenda of doing the nativity and acting out people with shepherds, hats and stuff like that. I'd much rather them tell me what they wanted to know. And the conversation opened up this idea about, well, if God created the world, who was there before God? Who made God? And one child in particular had their hand up and, and was just really kind of questioning this idea of, well, I don't get it. How there must have been something before God. It doesn't make sense in my brain that there is nothing before him. He was just there because everything in our lives has a beginning. Everything that we will experience has a beginning. How can God have no beginning? And I realized in that moment that I had no explanation for this child. <laughs> and I don't know whether it was just a drop of, of, of wisdom or discernment or something in that moment. But I remembered this verse in Isaiah. Because did you notice what it said? He is the everlasting God, but his understanding nobody can fathom. There are things about God that we are never going to be able to wrap our head around. And you know, that is what's so amazing about our God. There are things, yes, that we get, we, you know, we come to have a bit of understanding of his love and a bit of understanding of his grace, but there are certain things about him that, that separate him from everything else that we will ever know or experience. And there are things like this that we will never be able to fathom. And you know, we might not understand it until we see him face to face, but there are certain things that we can know and be encouraged by, just by the fact that he is everlasting. And this morning, I've got four little things that I want to encourage us with, and here are my four statements for today. The everlasting God sees all of your life from start to finish. The everlasting God will never leave you. The everlasting God never grows weary. And the everlasting God is the only one that can give us everlasting life. Come on. Let's have a look at this first thought then. The everlasting God sees all of our life from start to finish. Revelations 22:13 says, "I am the alpha and omega. I am the first and the last, the beginning and the end." And what is alpha and omega? Well, it's just the Greek alphabet. That's all that is. Yeah? So God is saying, I am the A to Z. I am the beginning and the end. There's nothing before me and there is nothing after me. You know, Jeremiah 29, 11, God tells us, God tells his people, he knows the plans that he has for you. We're going to come back to the rest of that verse a little bit later on. Isaiah 46, 10 says, I make known the end from the beginning, from ancient times what is still to come. And I say that my purpose will stand and I will do 
all that I please. Has anybody, hands up, has anybody ever had a go playing around with Google Earth? Have you ever had a go? Nobody, not a person, three. Oh, good, that's great. I love Google Earth. It's a little bit better than Google Maps, right? Google Earth, it shows you everything you could ever wish to see. And I love looking at my own house and kind of hovering over my roof and seeing how many tiles are missing. And uh, I love, if, you, if, you go, if I go on Google Earth, our church is in 3D, so you can spin it around. It's really cool. Um, a lot of Wakefields like that, it's, it's, it's really fun. And you know, um, I love seeing the places that I've been. And I love looking at my house in particular. Because, you know, when I'm just stood in my front garden, yeah, my house is in the way. And I can't see my back garden. I can only see what's kind of there around me in the grass that needs mowing there. I can only see that bit. But when I see a Google Earth, I can have a look at it and I can see my roof. I can see what's around me now. And I can see what's the things that are in front of me and I can see everything that's around me and you know sometimes I feel like that's a little bit like how we see our lives and how God sees our life because you know when you're stuck in a moment God sees it very differently God doesn't see just the stuff that's around us now he sees it in a completely different perspective he sees what's in your future as well. He sees all of your life from start to finish and we get into a point sometimes where we get frustrated or we get worried about the future because we can only see, we've only got what's right in front of us now. We can only see the pain and the worry and the anxiety that is surrounding us in this moment but our God sees past all those things. Our God sees it in a completely different perspective. And what we can be encouraged by today is the fact that God sees past all that stuff that you're struggling with right now into places that we can't yet fathom. He sees past it all. What a great encouragement that is. And you might feel today, you might feel like you're a little bit stuck you might feel like it's over or it's difficult and you're worried, but God sees past that pain because he is the everlasting God. There is only one and all of that is in his hands. Deuteronomy 31.8 says, the Lord himself goes before you. And you know, our uncertainty comes because we can't see it yet, because we don't know what's coming. And you know, the second half of that verse in Deuteronomy says, he will never leave you or forsake you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged, which leads me on to my next thought for this morning. The everlasting God will never leave us. It's wonderful to know that he sees all of our life but it's also wonderful to know that he is with us through every step of it as well. Jeremiah 31.3 said, The Lord appeared to us in the past, saying, I have loved you with an everlasting love. I have drawn you with unfailing kindness. I don't know if you noticed how Jeremiah has phrased, phrased this verse. 
He's having to remind the Israelites, he's having to remind God's people of what God has said before. Can you, can you remember? Remember that God has said he will love us with an everlasting love. And I've been looking at Jeremiah, the, the book itself for this, for this message quite a lot in the last couple of weeks. And you know, it's a really interesting book. It's a really dramatic book. And uh, you know, Jeremiah gets kidnapped and you know, the, the, there's a war and they, the Israelites get taken over. It's, it would make a really great film. You know, forget Mission Impossible, you know. Forget Barbie, whatever you're watching this weekend, Oppenheimer, whatever it is. Forget that. This would make a great movie. This is dramatic. And the whole book is centered around Jeremiah warning the people, look, if you keep doing what you're doing, this is going to happen. Because it was just a mess. That the people, the children of Israel, it was just a mess, and they were they were worshiping idols, and they were like they were doing terrible things, like sacrificing children. They were in disarray. It had just gone wrong for them, and and, and they, they didn't look good at all. And God spoke through Jeremiah time and time again, and He said to them time and time again, "Look, if you keep doing what you're doing, somebody is going to see you as easy prey." Because you're in disarray. And that is exactly what happened. Uh, the Babylonians from the north, they came and invaded and they took the Israelites captive for 70 years. And even in the middle of all that disaster, God sends Jeremiah to say, I have loved you with an everlasting love. Even in the making, their own making, their own disaster, when it was most painful and they'd messed up, God came and spoke through Jeremiah in 29.11 and said, for I know the plans that I have for you. You have walked away from me time and time again. You, are, you, have, you, have, you have not listened to my warning. You've done exactly what I've asked you not to do. And yet he comes through Jeremiah because he loves us with an everlasting love and says, I know those plans I have for you. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. How many times have we heard that verse as Christians, and then you put it in the context of who that is spoken to, and it holds so much more weight. These people who are messed up time and time again and walked away from God because, you see, the truth is, is that the everlasting God loves us with an everlasting love, and He is with us in it, even if it's our own mistakes. Even if it's our own fault, we've ended up where we are because he loves us. And if there's anyone listening this morning, maybe you need a reminder, just like the Israelites did, just like Jeremiah had to remind them. Don't you remember what God said? And maybe today somebody in here needs to hear that as well, or maybe somebody watching online today. Don't you remember? You might feel like you're stuck and it's difficult right now. You might feel like you've messed up too much for God, but don't you remember that he has loved you with an everlasting love, and he knows the plans that he has for you. The everlasting God, he sees all of your life. He will never leave you. The third thing I wanna say this morning is the everlasting God never grows weary. 
we're going to come back to the verse that we started with. And a little bit further on from where we read, Isaiah 40, 28 to 31, it says, He will not grow tired or weary, and his understanding no one can fathom. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. Come on, our God never grows weary. Deuteronomy 33:27 says this. The eternal God, and remember, it's making a point of this because what they're about to say in Deuteronomy all hinges on the fact that it's an everlasting God that we trust in. The eternal God, it says, is your refuge. And underneath are the everlasting arms. We can come and rely on him today because he never grows weary. What is it that you need, I wonder, this morning? Is it strength? Because, you know, God's strength never runs out. His reserves never deplete. And, you know, sometimes I, I, I think about myself and the situations I find myself in. And I think, why do I not just come to God? Because he never grows weary, the Bible tells me. But I feel like I've prayed too much for him. And I've prayed for too many things. And maybe he's just a bit fed up of me right now. Have you ever felt like that? Oh, well, I can't come back to him again because I'm praying the same prayer again and you must be absolutely fed up. The truth is that the, our God, the everlasting God, never grows weary, he never grows tired, and he never grows tired of us. Why do we not just come to him every time something happens, every, time, every morning when we wake up? Because he loves us with an everlasting love and he never gets tired or weary of us. Even if we feel like we're praying for the same thing time and time again. Oh, okay, oh God, it's another week and now there's a different thing happened. Do you know what? I'm not going to pray to you because you just must be. I just had enough of my voice. Actually, what father ever says that to their child, I wonder? And God is the best father ever. He loves us with a love that we can't even fathom. Isaiah 26, 4 says, trust in the Lord forever, for he himself, the Lord himself, he is the rock, but he's not just the rock for this moment, he's the rock eternal, and next week you can come to him, and the week after you can come to him, and in 20 years time you can come to him, because he's the rock eternal, the very fact that he is everlasting means so much for us. We can come and rely on him. And you know, I find it really interesting how Jesus describes the father in the story of the prodigal son. You know, we, we focus on the, on the prodigal son in that story because that's what the story is about. Well, I actually think the story is about both sons because and, and, each of them have the same amount of time given to them in that story, which is interesting. But the father has been waiting for this son for a long time to return. And isn't it interesting that it doesn't matter how long that time has been, the father's enthusiasm for the child never diminishes. It doesn't say, oh great, you're back, nice to see you, it's been 20 years, whatever. He runs to him, doesn't he, as soon as he sees him. And I think it's a really interesting way that Jesus describes the father because that is exactly what Jesus is describing is our relationship with our father. He never grows weary. 
His enthusiasm for us never grows tired. It doesn't diminish. His strength doesn't diminish. You know, when he sees us coming, he doesn't say, oh, well, it's fine. It's nice to see you, but it's been a really long time. No, he comes running to us. And in that story, he puts a ring on the son's finger and he throws a party for him and he gives him an amazing meal and puts a coat over him because the father's enthusiasm for the children doesn't diminish because he's the everlasting God who never grows tired or weary. Here's my last thought for today then. The everlasting God is the only one that can give everlasting life. There's a fantastic story at the start of John's gospel in chapter 4 where Jesus meets a Samaritan woman at the well. And if you ever want a great story, a great example of evangelism, that's a really good story to go to, I think. I noticed that this week. Jesus, I don't know how he does it, but I'm going to try and do this with people when I want to tell them about Jesus. He meets this woman where she's at, He talks to her about the things that she's doing, and then within a couple of sentences, he's talking about the gospel message. It's amazing. And so I'm going to take that. That's not what I'm talking about this morning, but I thought that was really interesting. It says this in John 4, 14, Jesus is speaking to this lady, and he says to her, whoever drinks the water that I give them, they will never thirst. Indeed, the water I will give them Will, will become in them a spring of water, welling up to eternal life. Now, the thing we've got to understand here is that this Samaritan woman, she would have had the first five books of the Old Testament. They didn't have any more at that point, but she would have had the first five books. And, and she would have understood that water and life are directly correlated Yeah, in the Bible, water, a lot of the time, it it means life. And and, and at that point, having a drink of water was considered life from God. It was a blessing from God. And so Jesus is using this analogy, he's playing on something that she already knows. You can drink that water, but the water I'm going to give you can lead to everlasting life. And we're just going to jump back to Jeremiah just for a couple of minutes. Jeremiah 2.13, because it's really well linked here. God is speaking to his people, and he said, My people have committed two sins. They have forsaken me, the spring of living water, and have dug their own cisterns, broken cisterns that cannot hold water. We know that God isn't talking about water here. He's talking about life. And you know, she would have understood that when Jesus was saying what he was saying to her. Because God is God's saying to these people in Jeremiah, look, you're looking for life in other things. You're getting enamored by these things that look good for a moment, but actually they're fleeting. They don't hold life. They're gone. They have a beginning and an end. But you see, I am the everlasting God. I am the only place that everlasting life can come from. And if you take a drink of water from anywhere else, you will need to come back and have another drink. But if you come and take a drink that I'm going to give you, that's the only way it can lead to everlasting life. We try it our own way, don't we? We put trust in things that fail us. We try to find life in other places, but there's only one.
place. And this morning, you might be somebody who is putting their trust and their faith and their hope in other things. But you see, the problem is, is that we live in a world where those other things fail and they fall and they have a beginning and an end and they change. And this morning might be the morning for you to come and put your faith in the everlasting God, the only thing that can lead to everlasting life. And if that's a decision you're ready to make this morning, come and tell somebody after our service because it is the best thing you could ever do. John 1, 2.25 says, this is what he has promised us, eternal life. A really famous verse that you'll have heard lots and lots. John 3.16, for God loved the world so much and I'm going to put my own little brackets in here. I'm going to add my own little bit, but it's from the Bible, so it's okay. God loved the world so much with an everlasting love that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Come on, what a good God he is. This morning, I would just wanted to come and encourage you. It's a really simple message this morning. But that because our God is everlasting... That means so much for me and you today. He sees all of your life from start to finish. He knows what's coming next, even if you don't. The everlasting God will never leave you through every step of that journey. Our everlasting God, he never grows tired or weary, so we can come and rely on him time after time. And the everlasting God is the only place that we can get everlasting life. Come on. I hope you've been encouraged this morning. We're going to end our, our service there today. Uh, thank you so much for being with us. The band are going to play a, a song. They're just going to do a reprise of that song we've just sung. If you've got any children who are out at the groups this morning, then just stay where you are for a couple of minutes because they're going to come in during this song. But our service is over today. Thank you for joining us. Don't forget to join us on Wednesday night live online. But until next week, everybody. God bless, and we'll see you really soon.